22nd July. I hate the fact that there's a gun in the house. We had another argument about it last night. At least, I thought that's what we were fighting about. I'm not so sure now. Gabriel said it was my fault we argued. I suppose it was. I hated seeing him so upset, looking at me with hurt eyes. I hate causing him pain. And yet, sometimes I desperately want to hurt him, and I don't know why. We're doing fine. I'm doing fine. We're doing fine, book club edition. I'm Lisa. And I am Robbie. And your voice went up an octave there. <laughs> I'm Lisa. That's because you heard me read very serious opening. Very serious opening. I don't like guns in the house. I don't like guns in the house. And I am trying not to do a British accent. <laughs> well, I don't like guns in the house. <laughs> but sometimes I desperately want to hurt him. <laughs> okay, don't Navi, calm down. <laughs> Sorry, welcome to Book Club. This month we read The Silent Patient by Alex McCallities. Alex McCallities. I always forget the Alex. I always always want to be like Michael McCallities. <laughs> I know, right? Ugh, it's been a struggle. So the book for anyone that hasn't read it yet you fool um theo is a psychotherapist yes who moves um to a new hospital and starts to work with a young woman named Mm -hmm. alicia who was found with her husband's body that Mm -hmm. had five bullet holes in it and the gun was on the floor and she had slit her wrists Mm-hmm. And since then, she survived, but since then she has never said a single word. So <gasps> she is the eponymous silent patient. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a loud car behind you there. I know. And also, <laughs> I feel, I must say, there's going to be background noise on my end. The boy is playing a new video game. <laughs> Stunning. So, if you hear noise in the background, that's him. Or the car's. <laughs> Either one, yeah. Um, so if you've not read the book yet, go off, read it now, um, and join us. We'll wait, we'll hang on for a quick second. Three, two, one, yeah, okay. So you've read the book, spoilers are ahead. If you don't want spoilers, now is not the time to continue listening. From now on, we will be spoiling the book. Absolutely. We have some great questions from Jenna, from Bill from Callum. Let's get cracking. Let's do it. So Jenna read it with her mom and they had a oh. lot of thoughts. Yeah, no, I love it. In her email, she said that they had their own mini book club and are looking for our feedback. So she sent us over a couple questions. Oh my God, I love this. <laughs> book clubs on book clubs. Yeah, book clubception. <laughs> <laughs> So the first one from Jenna is that ending. (laughs) My mom and I discussed two different theories. One being that Theo was arrested and the snowflake line was a simple callback to his childhood trauma. And the other possibility was that the snowflake line was alluding to him 
making his escape out that window. A more literal take on the wording. Theo is certainly capable of trying and succeeding in in his escape. What do you think happened after that last line? I, I, I just assumed he was arrested. I assumed he was arrested as well. Um, because he doesn't seem like the type to, like, evade the police when he knows he's been caught. Like, he's not yeah. the type that's gonna, like... He doesn't have a plan to be on the lamb, like... Yeah, was there not a line where he said that he was relieved? He was or a was little that bit relieved, he, was but that I think when that like could also just her. be the relief of, like knowing what actually happened and knowing like he didn't have to hide it anymore he didn't have to keep watching after himself but would you be relieved if you were like shit now i'm on the run yeah exactly who knows who knows not me no he does like prove himself to be quite like i mean honestly like i had that big gasp moment because like i could kind of see it coming i had my suspicions of it being theo like the man being theo but when it was, like, confirmed and I was just like, mm. <gasps> like, there was a legit, like, breath left my body. <laughs> and you know what? I was like, I I was like, oh, like, I had the same thing. I was like, oh, imagine if it was Theo. And then I was like, no, I feel like that would be too obvious. And so then, in my, like, with every fiber of my being, I was like, it's going to be Max. Oh, it's yeah, gonna yeah. It's going to be Max. They had that so then when it was herring. Theo, I was like, <gasps> Yeah, because yeah. I thought Theo was the red herring, that it that it would then be Max. So it was like a double red herring. I was flummoxed. Yeah. Oh, it was so <laughs> Absolutely good. Absolutely flummoxed. So that also follows up to Jenna's second question. When did you first suspect Theo? Both my mom and I knew he was involved with Alicia personally in some way pretty early on, but I didn't suspect his direct involvement in Gabriel's murder until they started mentioning that Dr. Alicia was saw privately that no one could remember. It turned out to be Christian, not Theo. And that's when my suspicions were raised, and I knew he was sketchier than he seemed. I don't know. I don't know. I think the bit that got me was his, like, complete obsession with her. Yeah. It was weird that he was so obsessed with her. Yeah, like, even from the very start of the book, he talks about how he'd, he'd heard about her in the newspaper and he was desperate to work with her. But he, and, like, he she went was at to a different his, hospital. Gallery and yeah, yeah. So it was a bit more than it was. It's always been more than professional with them. Yeah. I don't know when I first started suspecting Theo, because like for me it was kind of like it was that thing in the back of my head where I was kind of like mm, maybe like yeah. It seems far fetched because I didn't think of his whole situation with Kathy as a flashback. Yeah, no, my, I thought that was. I thought that was current, so that was yeah, my big. Like, but I think, I think that was the point, wasn't it? Yeah. Because it's then only afterwards where he talks about um, when he m- went to see when he went to see Ruth. Yeah. After he found out, um, and he's like, "Oh, can you imagine what she would think of me?" Um, you know, when the last time we met was six years ago, and I was like, "What? Yeah, you didn't mention that." Yeah. I thought this was yesterday. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, I thought this was all happening at once. Like, Yeah. How rude of Alex, Mike Callides, to, like, mislead us like that with I such know. excellent narrative telling. <laughs> it's just rude. Um, but I don't think I ever had... Um, I don't think I ever read anything that made me suspect Theo. 
I think in my heart I was, you know, reading a mystery book and was like, wouldn't this be a fucking wild twist? Yeah. And then I was like, no, that's so, like, obvious, kind of, that it's the, it was the main character all along. And then when it was him, I was like... <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was like, for a long time, I was I was trying to decide, like, if I thought it was more Christian or the cousin that was more likely mm. to be the man in the... That was watching her. Yeah. I honestly, like, I'm not sure if, if, if this is, like, quite, like, I don't know if this says a lot more about my mental state Mm. than Alex McAllady's, but I thought maybe, like, um, Christian and Gabriel had been having, like, a gay affair. Oh. And then it had actually been Christian, and he had, he had been lying about her mental state and putting her on the drugs oh. as like a cover yeah that would have been i think i think the thought definitely did cross my mind where i was like i mean i definitely suspected that gabriel was cheating on her a long time before that was revealed because <gasps> i was just like mm, oh my god do you think gabriel was with his wife was with theo's wife oh absolutely oh my goodness i didn't that just clicked now and that's why the shoot ran late yeah and that's oh why Theo was like, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll see. We'll see mm-hmm. because I have different information from my yeah. wife. My oh, wife. Oh, God. Oh. Messy. It's messy. messy. Just like, but also, Kathy seemed like a real bitch at the end. Oh, Kathy's just... I never liked Kathy. It's always the Americans, isn't it? <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Rude. No, I never really liked Kathy, but, like, I also didn't really expect anything less, which is bad because they're... Because she's American. Well, no, because their relation started (laughs) off with both of them cheating on their significant others. I was like, this is going to lead to heartbreak. Yeah. Once... No, I was... Never mind. (laughs) I was going to quote a very problematic paramour lyric, but I won't. (laughs) You're going to say second chances don't... Uh, really matter people never change or whatever yeah i was gonna say once a whore you're nothing more (laughs) yeah (laughs) but we don't use that line anymore because it is probably it's just not acceptable in this day and age that's not true what's wrong with being a whore really i think that's the issue with it true but also (laughs) saying that that you know somebody's not possible of change is a bit mean i mean i guess and to say nothing more to reduce somebody to their sexual dalliances yes now is not the time to be good digging into different podcast <laughs> i'll bring this up in an hour perfect mm-hmm. we do have one more question from jenna <gasps> yes why are all the men in this story the worst perhaps this is an exaggeration <laughs> but is it but was it just me did you notice how every single male character had something super messed up about them stalkers cheated Cheaters, drug dealers, manipulators, and abusers. Murderers? Why do you I mean, think th- this was? Do you think it was a deliberate choice by the author? Was Diomedes any of those things? Well, I was going to say, that I would argue that most of the characters, male and female, were quite terrible. Yeah. In a very, in a very gripping way, though. Mm. I think the only non-problematic character was the Ruth. cousin Paul. Ruth also was lovely, yes. <laughs> but like and Paul, one yes. nice lady from the uh the one nice lady from his interview. 
What's her yeah. name? The older woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Paul, he was slightly problematic with his gambling, but he just had a shit hand in having to look after his uh, disabled mother, who was disabled and a bitch. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I think... I think the core of the story is that it's a story about people who are just incredibly messed up and like especially when they're dealing with a system that's supposed to help them be better and work with you know work through their issues and it's clearly not doing its job yeah or it's not doing enough or like especially with the manipulators you're like they they play therapy as a game to see who can win like yeah I think it's just an interesting way to, like, see people, like, hopefully this isn't the type of people who are actually attracted to this field. Um, one can we hope. We can pray, yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think that's the point, is that everyone is messed up in a lot of different ways. And, like, I think we also see the, at least Alicia, because I don't really see, uh, fuck, what's her name? We were just talking about her. Kathy. Ruth? Kathy is, oh, Kathy. Uh redeemable in my eyes um no but like because we see the main point of our empathy is alicia so mm-hmm. i think everything else is amplified everyone else's issues are amplified through that empathy because they're all alicia is having like the direct effect of having to deal with all of these different personality issues yeah i don't know what do you think <laughs> i think it's messy it's messy messy i would argue it's better to live on your own and avoid people no yeah that's my plan well let's have a question <laughs> at least like moving swiftly on we'll delve into that later <laughs> <laughs> that's for the next podcast <laughs> um would you like some questions from callum or bill 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 He's not the science guy. Anyways, here's, Bill says, here's my question. Theo was the narrator most of the time, and he lied to us, or at least had a lie through omission. Because he's an unreliable narrator, does this lessen the impact of the twist? Even though we could have guessed it, we didn't do so because of the presented evidence, but because of a hunch or or something similar. Is Alex McAlities a clever writer, or did he rely on the mystery thriller, thriller equivalent of Deus Ex Machina? Oh, that's a, a heavy question. I think the I think the the impact of the reveal is that we have been, you know, it it's so it's written as if he's telling us his story. Yeah. So for me, it was almost like a holy fuck! I've been listening to a murderer this entire time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's as if like if you were sitting at if you were sitting in the pub and this guy was telling you the story and then a woman slipped you a note that was that was Alicia's final diary entry. Yeah. You'd you'd be like, oh my fucking god, oh no, and like that's that was the vibe I got. Yeah. So I don't think it was necessarily like a Deus Ex Machina because like the the issue was like she the big reveal was that she, you know, hit her hit her diary, and, like, the big reveal was that the timelines weren't exactly as we seemed. And I think that was a clever move. Because, yeah. because like, I definitely was just thinking that Theo was yeah. telling it straight. And the fact that yeah. he is an unreliable narrator, 
like, well, that was kind of obvious because he would do one thing and then he would say one thing and then do another. I never second guessed the actual timeline of events. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably on me as a reader, but... Yeah, we should have fucking known. We should... like, I'm sure there's... <laughs> we I know go better back, than there that. There might be, like, tense changes. I don't know. <laughs> but I think the fact that he's an unreliable narrator makes it more thrilling. Um, yeah. Because you know there's something weird with him from the start. And he's he fesses up to the fact that he's unreliable. He's like, hey, I've been through therapy. Like, I'm going through my trauma. And, like... The fact that he's so cozy, like, especially with Alicia, he reveals his own trauma and, like, they have that blurred line relationship of patient and patient and therapist. And you're just like, that's an actual therapist would not do that. Yeah. I, I stand by that Alex McAllides is a good writer. It was interesting because he, much like um, Richard, is it Richard Osman from Thursday Murder Club? Yeah. Alex McCallery is also a TV writer, originally. Oh, interesting. interesting. So I think that's also where we get a little bit of that, like, thriller suspense, like, big reveal type. Yeah. It's very much like a final episode. <gasps> yeah. But, yeah. It's, it's the movie, and you're like, how are we supposed to... Yeah. How are we supposed to wrap up this entire, you know, five episode arc in the, the last hour? Don't know how Peacemaker did it, but they did. Anyway. <laughs> um, Bill has a follow-up question. Ooh. Um, do you think the story would change if the genders of the characters were swapped? If you think uh, it could be a simple man-woman switch, female doctor, male patient, or even make it inclusive with someone trans or non-binary would the story be the same i think that's interesting i think i think it would with a man-woman swap because the way Theo went about it isn't exclusionary like he didn't really use any physical force so there wouldn't narratively be need to be any yeah. changes um he went about it very sneaky which is like stereotypical women shit i guess um but if there is, you know, a switch of, like, six years, who knows? If they were trans or non-binary, there would have been issues in the timeline with possibly someone going through a transition, changing their pronouns. That might have changed things. I don't know. How about, what do you think? I agree with that. I was going to say I don't think there would have necessarily been any major change, but, um, yeah, the, the, if, it was, if it was to include a trans character, the, the, the timelines might be... That would make for an interesting read, though. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it also depends on their ages and, like, when someone would go through that and, like, that, that path of self-discovery, but... Yeah. yeah. Interesting question, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Bill. God, they're making us think today. <laughs> Rude. How dare. How dare. <laughs> All right, and then we have some questions from Callum. Thank you, Callum. Thank you. Callum says, there's two storylines, Theo's work with Alicia and the other about Theo's wife's affair. Did you suspect that those two storylines would eventually come together or were you surprised when it did? We've already discussed. We were very surprised. Very, Uh, very surprised. (laughs) And then when you read thrillers, do you come up with theories as the story unfolds or do you wait until to find out the reveals at the end? 
So I never had a theory. I always have my suspicions. I always think it was him or it was her. But I I never, like, put together a theory. Yeah, I was kind of There's no wall chart on my wall here. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I think it's definitely, like, suspicions. Like, it's never fully fledged thoughts where I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, Alicia's definitely lying about the man that's following her or whatever. Um, Or, like... Oh, I have a question. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else asked this. I've not seen our questions yet. Yes. uh, Full disclosure, I finished this book half an hour ago, so I've avoided (laughs) all of the listener questions. Lisa's been very good at helping me avoid the spoilers. Um, Did you believe her, or did you think she was going insane when we were reading her diary entries about seeing someone outside? I thought she was going insane. Really? I believed her. But I think that's because I was on the, like, you know, I was trusting the narrator in the fact that she was crazy. See, I thought that I, I, from the start, I assumed she had been set up. Okay. So even when they were like, oh, she went to see Dr. West and was put on medication, I was like, that's when I started to suspect Dr. West, Christian, because I was like, he's working with Gabriel, maybe, like, and it went wrong and Gabriel was killed. Like, I don't know. I just had a, a, a feeling that. You know, so one of my theories eventually... So maybe I do have theories, I don't know. But I did think <laughs> that maybe he put her on the medication, which then, like, made her go a little bit not quite right. And she ended up mistaking him for the person that was stalking okay. the, her. And so he she shot him. But then I dis, dis, um, discounted that because I was like, he was sitting down tied up. That's true. So... It wasn't like a turn a corner and shoot the gun by accident. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, for me, it was mostly the fact that, like, I thought I was, like, I was sure that she killed him. But mostly I thought it was more of, like, a snap. Because, like, in a lot of her, her diary entries, like, she talks about how good Gabriel is. But, like, they talk about their fight about the gun and he's gaslighting the shit out of her. And then she's like, I don't need to go to therapy. Like, I don't need to talk to someone. I mean, she probably, she obviously did, but for, like, not the same reasons. Um, And, like, she was pressured into, like, talking to her husband's friend who was taking... Yeah. Taking uh, patients under the table and, like, taking payments under the table and, like, taking medications from it. Like, that's abusive behavior. And I thought, like, it was just, like, a wake-up moment, like... I can't yeah. live like this anymore. I've been under the control of first my father and now you. Like I would like to know. So, obviously, um, Theo tricks Gabriel into thinking that Alicia's been killed mm-hmm. in exchange for his life. Yeah. But he hasn't. He shot the ceiling, tells her to be quiet so that he thinks she's been shot, and then lets her free. Mm-hmm. What he didn't expect was her to then pick up the gun and shoot him. But it's because of the whole family drama. Her dad said, I wish she died instead. And then obviously he said, kill her, not me. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she had read the Greek story before. Because she then goes and write, draw, uh, paints that self-portrait and calls it Alcestis. After mm-hmm. the Greek mythology of the woman that offers her life for her husband's. And then he rescues her from hell. And she doesn't speak. 
Well, didn't she go to see the play with the guy, with her art, her art gallery curator? Oh, did she? Yeah. I remember them talking about it at some point, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, he took her to go see it. So do you think that's why she stopped speaking? Because she was like, fuck this shit? I think it was partly that, and I think it was partly just being like, my life is on the line. Like, I think she associated that trauma that Theo put her through. And also the fact that she was like, no one's going to fucking believe me. I think it was a culmination of those three factors. But also, we have to consider that she did kill him. Yeah. Yeah, we have to remember that. Well, that's actually our, the, our other question from Callum. Who do you blame for Gabriel's death? Alicia. I think it's both. Like, I mean, Alicia wouldn't have killed Gabriel if it wasn't for that situation. I mean, we don't know that. She wouldn't have killed Gabriel then if yeah. it wasn't for that situation. <laughs> but, like, like she, like, she was so... Her mental state was so fragile that all, he, all Gabriel had to say was, please don't kill me. In fact, he didn't even say kill her, not me. He said, I don't want to die. Yeah. Like, he didn't, he didn't actually... Yeah, but she was, say, she was fragile, but she was smart enough to figure out what that meant. But no, but that's what I mean. It's like, he didn't, like, he might not necessarily have meant it. But if somebody's pointing a gun at you and says, you die or they die, and you say, I don't want to die, that's not a oh my god, please kill her and not me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not justifying Gabriel, he was mm-hmm. a sleazebag, but I don't think we can blame him for saying I don't want to die as he's having a gun held to his head and being told to choose between him or his wife. Yeah, but also when saying that, he kind of had to have understood that him saying that was him condemning Alicia. Yeah, but, but also, like... I mean, assuming that characters are smart and think things through in moments of crisis. <laughs> which, which in this book, none of them are. But what I would say <laughs> is, like, I still don't think we can blame, um, like, I just... I, I think they're both to blame. Like, I don't put all of the blame on Theo. I don't, he created yeah. a scenario where it was very likely for someone to die. But he didn't know that. The only person that knew that was Alicia at the time. But, like, I don't know. It's complicated, but I think the blame lies with both of them. Because he manufactured that entire situation. He didn't. He didn't manufacture her shooting him in the face five times. Not five, but probably, like, in the chest once. No, it was five. In the it arm. was five. It was five. I mean, he... I'm just surprised that he didn't go and kill Kathy. Like... Like, but, like, he should have known from his own rage, and he almost fucking killed Gabriel right away when he found, like, after following him. He could have, like, he should have known that that kind of reveal in that kind of tense situation, and you put a gun in there, there is likely going to be at least some kind of casualty. But what I would argue is that his his consideration would be, like, he was fucking angry, and he didn't kill Gabriel. Yeah, so why yeah, would but why he would his thought process be the, the first night? Yeah, but he didn't. Yeah, because he got he would have been caught because someone walked out. I'm just saying I don't think it's, I like I still think he would I still think he's responsible for like some sort of manslaughter or like you know like terrorism. Yeah, yeah. See, that's like but I don't I, think it's. But I don't blame. Fault, but like I don't blame Gabriel's death on 
him at all. That is Alicia. But I also don't even blame that on Alicia. I blame that on mental health. And the fact that she has clearly gone through a lot of trauma in her life and never once been diagnosed with anything. Apart from one I mean, time with a sketchy sure doctor. she was diagnosed with things. Yeah, by but Dr. Like Christian West. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that doesn't count. Well, that is all of our listener questions. <gasps> Robbie, I have a question yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Who was your favourite or least favourite character? Since we don't really have a whole lot of likeable cast and crew here. We have... We have already discussed this, and I know everyone's going to judge me, but my favourite character is Theo, because I still really fancy him. <laughs> oh my god. Robbie and his toxic men. My favourite character is Ruth, because she's a nice lady. <laughs> she's a nice lady. <laughs> oh my god, it was when she was like, I don't think we can equate smoking, uh, uh, getting high every once in a while, to, <laughs> like, to repeatedly yeah. lying and cheating. <laughs> right? Ugh. So wise. But even when she said that, she like was so nice to Kathy. Like be like she's clearly going through some unresolved issues. Like Yeah. <laughs> or when she was like, You're not my patient anymore, you're my friend, and I think you need a friend. And I was like, Oh, we all need a Ruth. <laughs> I know we do. We all do. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. That that whole book. Anyways. And mm. what is your rating? I'm gonna give it like a s I I was going to say five. Wow. But I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say three and a half. That's actually mine. So my reason behind the three and a half is that I started this book a month ago. <laughs> and after about an hour and a half of the audiobook, it took me until two days ago to be bothered to start it again. That's fair. Because I knew we were recording this. But then as soon as I hit like the halfway three hours left to go, that's yeah. when it sort of picked up for me and I got interested. So yeah, like the last half of it is amazing. It's a really good twist. The characters are all complex and problematic and I love that. I hate a book about all good people. Like what the fuck is the point? <laughs> but I have taken off a star and a half for the fact that it did take me a while to get into it. Yeah, and I think I agree, like, it it did definitely lag in the beginning, and, like, because they're not, like, they're almost all exclusively not good people, you're just like, Mm. ugh. Yeah. This is, like, real life. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that last half, like, I flew through, like, the, especially, like, that last quarter where everything's building, and you're just like, ah! Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that twist. I think I was, like, baking something, and I was just like, oh. (laughs) Egg falls to the floor. Exactly. Thank goodness, though, it did not. (laughs) Oh, good, good. Robbie, would you like to announce next week's, or next month's, our book selection for March? Yes, I would, because I actually remember the title and the author's name this time. Love (laughs) it. Okay, so this this month? Yeah, because this comes out on the first. Yes. This month's book club pick is... Drumroll, please. <laughs> the Orchid Thief by Susan Orlean. Yes. I'm excited. Lisa sent this one to me and I was like, 
Ooh, it yeah. sounds intriguing. It's like a creative non-fiction type adventure it's story. It's based on a true story. Yeah. But it sounds like it might be a good read. Yeah. <laughs> it's been on my shelf for a while. And it's available on Audible. So yes. join us there. Yeah. Alrighty, well, that is it from us this month. Yes. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to reading with you in March. Send in your questions and suggestions to wearedoingfine at gmail.com. And, yeah. Tell yeah. your friends about the podcast. Word of mouth is our best way of getting new listeners. And, and we readers. love new listeners. And readers, yeah. Um, and if you get the chance, rate, review, subscribe on any platform that will let you. Because that would be helpful too. Absolutely. But yeah, that's it from us. So until next month, keep reading fine. Keep reading fine. You didn't what? do the hand thing. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hang on, right, we'll do it again. Until next month, keep, keep reading fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>